0: I'm Hannah.
1: And I'm Taylor.
0: And together we are Weird, weird Side, side Podcast.
1: Podcast. I love you. You can't run. You can't hide. Take a walk on the weird side. It goes bump in the night. Take a walk on the weird side. You can't trust the living. You can't kill the
0: Hello. welcome back, weirdos.
1: Welcome back, everybody. I'm Hannah, and I'm Taylor,
0: and together we are Weird inside Side Podcast. Podcast. Well, guys, we really appreciate you coming back again for another episode. Welcome,
1: come inside, take your <laughs> shoes off,
0: kit back and chill. Make, hey,
1: hey, take your shoes off before you come in the house. We are not. We are not whose
0: out, house do you live in?
1: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
0: Well, we really appreciate you guys coming back again because mm. I listened to our last episode, and as you guys know, we're we are still um, working with mechanics with recording. Um, I was pretty loud in the last episode, and I popped a lot. So today, I
1: mean, would you rather be popping or echoing like I did?
0: <laughs> <laughs> True, we were both a little off in our own ways last you know, episode. You know what
1: I was going? What was going through my head when? Um, we were what, when we were listening to it. What the Grinch when he's echoing in the cave. <laughs> I will. Ask you first. <sighs> All right, fine. I'm going to whisper. In fact, I'm going to whisper because by the time my voice gets back to the wall and reverberates off the wall, I won't be able
0: to hear it. You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so this time we are recording with pop filters on in hopes that mm-hmm. it will help out a little bit.
1: If I sound better, like Morgan Freeman reading a a uh, audio I hope it sounds...
0: I don't think anything can sound that good. Ooh. Except for the Smashing Pumpkins, a.k.a. my favorite band I
1: remember ever. when I was five.
0: Hey, you know what? I may pretend like I still live in the 90s. Just let me live my dream.
1: Tim? Okay, that's fine.
0: <laughs> As always, we'd like to start off our episode with a few announcements and also our usual shout-outs. We are going to be talking today about Jeepers Creepers. A.K.A. my favorite horror movie of all time. Mm -hmm. Yes. We'll be talking in this episode about all of the films with more emphasis on the first film. Mm -hmm. So I know some of you already are like, the third and the fourth are horrible. Why is it even included? And I absolutely agree with you. I'm not a fan of the third or fourth one either. But since they are technically part of Jeepers Creepers, I'll throw them in there as well. And there's also some important things we can learn about them as well. Even though they may not have been good at films, there's some interesting things about our story that,
1: mm-hmm. you know. Is- well, you're definitely going to be filling me in because I'm going to be straight up with you. I've never watched the third or the fourth.
0: Yes. <laughs> so um, I'm
1: going, you're just going to have to fill me in because I'm going in blind.
0: I got you, baby. I got you. Well, before we jump into Jeepers Creepers, though, I want to go ahead and talk about something exciting in the community that I found out.
1: Shout out.
0: Yes. Apparently Pembroke has a GoFundMe for their canine unit. And apparently this is the only canine unit in either Pembroke or Giles County in general. But I thought it was so neat. They have a picture of the dog on there and their goal is $2,500 just for the training and everything like that. But the whole goal of obviously canine units in case, you guys don't really know. They're trained to primarily to sniff out drugs in the community. So it's really gonna it's really gonna help battle the drug problem that's going on around. I mean there's I think they're a drug problem everywhere in the world, but oh, it's yeah. kind of bad over in our area with opiates and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, that was really exciting. So if you're feeling extra generous, I will post the link in our description and Hopefully, if you are in the mood to be generous and donate, you will. You can say that you helped train the Pembroke canine.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah you contributed so. to a baby.
0: Yeah. For baby. So, um, also mentioning the other GoFundMe's that we have talked about in our previous episodes. Calvin Strong is now closed, but you can hear more about what Calvin Strong was in our first episode, but... They raised $4,000 in that campaign, which was awesome. And the friends and family campaign is still going. We talk about that one at the beginning of episode two. And currently, they are at around $4,500. So Mm -hmm. that is wonderful. I think those are some great goals. Currently, the canine unit GoFundMe that I just talked about is, I think, right now around $1,500. So they're about $1,000 away from their goal to get the, the canine unit trained. So... Give them a check out if you're feeling extra nice. Mm -hmm. But that's it. As far as announcements, we'll go ahead and give our shout outs as always because we are never forget how appreciative we are of our friends who have helped us with our podcast. First shout out, Derek Nolan from Steak and Sauce Podcast. That dude is freaking hilarious. I was actually watching a short video today of his most recent episode and on this little clip... I think it's his granny, and she's talking, you know that scene in Medea's Big Happy Family where Aunt Bam goes in and she acts, oh, doctor, help me, doctor, I'm sick. Feel my chest, doctor. I don't remember that scene. You don't remember? It was at the very beginning of Big Happy Family. I was
1: more of a Diary of a Mad Black Woman type of guy. Well,
0: that one's the the OG classic, but... Anyway, um, Aunt Bam's throwing like a little scene pretending like she's sick because so the doctor's fine and she's trying to get him to touch up on her and feel on her. I don't blame her. Well, apparently <laughs> Derek's granny did something similar. Really? And she was talking about that a little bit and it was so funny. So mm. uh, it's a podcast that really talks about different things in life, but it's always hilarious. Help
1: me, Doctor, with my nymphomania. <laughs>
0: I don't know if there's a help for that. (laughs) But anyway, Steak and Sauce podcast. We'll uh, be sure to mention them again in our episode description. Thank you to Meredith, my best friend. She's been my sister since eighth grade. She designed the logo for our podcast, and it's perfect. Thank you to Logan, who made his own version of Meredith's design. Logan. Yes. His version of her design is the one that we use for our uploads. And my talented friend Icarus and Holly for writing and creating our theme. It is just I still to this day I love it.
1: Sometimes we'll just listen to it just for the sake of listening to it.
0: I know, it's just so accurate <laughs> and it's it's just it's the bomb.
1: It's the bomb.
0: Yes. So thank you again to all of our friends again. We just can't express enough how much we appreciate you guys for helping us get started on this and mm-hmm. yeah. Thank you for our listeners too, if you've made it this far.
1: And Dad, if you're listening, this is gonna be the perfect test to see if he's listening. Shout out to you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> see, he'll probably uh, message me like three months from now. Hey, I got your shout out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: he's
1: so nah, he might. He might catch on.
0: <laughs> well, without further ado, we'll go ahead and dive into today's topic: Jeepers Creepers. Jeepers. Now, Creepers. for those of you who don't know, Jeepers Creepers is like I mentioned earlier. My Favorite horror film. It was written in 2001. Directed by Victor Salva. Let me go ahead and stop right there before I jump in any farther. Victor Salva, unfortunately, came to light of his charges. He is a convicted child molester. He's a piece of shit. Basically. Um, It's really difficult for me because while I love Jeepers Creepers so much, I can't stand what he did. And he's a piece, like you said, he's a piece of shit to me. I'm going to be straight up honest. I don't believe there's any hope for child molesters. No. Once you've crossed that line once, there is, like, it is proven. There's no hope of rehab for these people. No. They're they're always going to be sick in the head. So, I don't want to, some people, um, ever since his charges came to light, I believe it was around 2017, people have not wanted to I don't think wanted to support Jeepers Creepers franchise because they Is don't it? want to give him profit from anything <laughs> or glorify him or give him any kind of attention.
1: Has the franchise not been taken away from him though? I feel like it no.
0: Um so the first 3 films he was involved in, the last one he yeah. wasn't. Yeah. But I just want to put that disclaimer before we go any further um we do not condone what he did we at all but I love what he created, though, and
1: you can love Jeepers Creepers and not support that motherfucker.
0: Yes, and I'm hoping that uh, other people will agree. But we live in a world today where people kind of correlate the two together. Mm.
1: I think Jeepers Creepers is bigger than him now. Like, I mean, yeah, he might have created it, but it's just it's bigger yeah. than him now.
0: So, uh, with that in mind, I guess I'll continue on. Jeepers Creepers 2001, written and directed by Victor Salva. Its budget was ten million dollars. MGM only financed two point seven million. The rest was by independent film companies, and this was because MGM didn't have a lot of faith in the film. But Jeepers Creepers ended up earning fifteen point eight million dollars on it? release weekend. Oh. Overall, thirty-seven point nine in North America, and grand total overall fifty-nine point two million dollars worldwide. Wow. That's a pretty hefty profit. That's almost six times.
1: I feel like it would have made more than that.
0: Well, according to, um, unless anyone was to fact check me, uh, that's uh, what I did, the numbers I did find. So that's almost six times the amount of what the budget was. That's a great turnover and profit. Yeah. Primary filming location, I hope I'm saying this right, Okala or Okala. O C A L A. I'm going to say Okala, Florida. Body count in this movie, seven. And overall IMDB score six point two out of ten. Now, of course, I would give it ten out of ten. But I'm You might be
1: just a little bit biased on it though.
0: Yes. So before I start talking about the plot, what goes on, aspects of the film that make it so horrifying.
1: Spoiler alert, by the way. Yeah, there will be spoiler
0: alerts. So if you don't want to hear about what happens in the movie without watching it first yourself, go ahead and watch it first. So you're not
1: just give us a pause. We'll, we'll wait for you.
0: Yes. Um. When I was six years old, I believe. I don't know if I... It was the year that I turned six, but I don't know if I turned six yet. But
1: You're around that age.
0: My mom, she uh, she had already... If you uh, listen to our intro podcast episode, I talked about how my first two scary movies I ever got were Child's Play and Candyman. And that was on my fifth birthday. And... That's how I started to get into horror movies. And my mom, one day, she was like, Han, there's this new scary movie out. Let's go. You want to go to the movies and go see it on a mommy and daughter date? And, of course, I'm like, yeah, Mom, I want to go. I was so excited to go. The movie was Jeepers Creepers. Of course. Yeah. And so when I get into, I mean, I think it was just me and Mom in the whole movie theater.
1: Nobody went to see
0: it? I mean, I was too young to probably remember accurately, but I felt like we were the only ones in the theater. And this also was, like, in the evening time, close to nighttime. And I was so terrified of this movie. And, like, I had I think already seen... I think that's
1: normal for, like, a six-year-old to be absolutely petrified of the creeper. I mean...
0: Yeah, and on the big screen, no less. Yeah. But, I mean, I'd already seen Child's Play, Candyman. I think I'd already seen Evil Dead at this point. And there were some other ones I'd already seen, although I can't remember what those movies were. Yeah, but, but I'd I, already been introduced to it a little bit. But there was something about this movie that just terrified me.
1: I mean, none of those really have monsters in them. You know what I mean? Like, out of all of those movies that you just listed, I feel like the Creeper might be the most threatening. Out of out of all of them, probably well, the most terrifying.
0: Like I have probably you've heard me say a thousand times. What really got me about Jeepers Creepers that scared me more than anything, like I've said so many times, when you hear the word monster, your mind automatically comes up with this creation in your head of what you think that might be.
1: And for me, that's that's a werewolf. Right. Like when I hear that word.
0: Yeah. And I can understand because they're terrifying. <laughs> but for me, when I always thought of the word monster, I always thought of something just not Not typical.
1: Human-like, but not human?
0: Yeah, essentially. But I didn't realize what I really thought a monster was until I saw Jeebers Creepers. Like, Mm -hmm. I had that idea in my head, but when I saw the Creeper on screen, I was like, oh my god. Somebody went into my head, figured out what I think a monster is, and put it up on the big screen. I mean, everything about the Creepers, what I thought a horrifying monster would be, Mm -hmm. as far as appearance downright what he does body language the way he goes about like everything about him mm-hmm. literally and i remember when we drove home that night after seeing that movie i, I was so scared going home because i thought he was going to jump on the top of our car <laughs> and also i i forgot to mention when we were actually in the movie theater seeing this movie there was a scene in the movie we'll talk about in a little bit. But I remember leaning over to my mom. I was so scared that my stomach was, like, so torn up. And, I, I mean, I know that's typical for people who get scared. But, I mean, I really thought I was going to vomit. I was so terrified. And I felt fine before we went to go in. But I was so scared it got me to that point. And I remember I leaned over to my mom. And I'm like, Mommy, I think I'm going to throw up. And she's like, well, Han, if we need to go, we can go ahead and go. And I said, no, 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 no! I want to stay and finish watching it. I want to finish it. And I toughed it out, and I finished that movie. And that may have been one of the bravest things I've ever done.
1: Now, I I know I pick on you about being a weenie all the time, but I'll give you some points.
0: Good job. Thank you. Um, After I saw that movie, after I got home, there were even times later on in my childhood where I would, out of the corner of my eye, and I'm not lying when I say this, it's probably my mind playing tricks on me. But out of the corner of my eye, I felt like I could just see, like, you know how the creeper has white hair? Yeah. I would see, like, just a whoosh of white hair just go by out of the corner of my eye.
1: A, a child's imagination is very strong. Exactly. So. Like, that's
0: how much it scared me. So, anyway, going into the plot of Jeebers Creepers. We start out in this movie with a brother and sister driving home from college on a back road.
1: In an old ass car that doesn't belong whatsoever
0: <laughs> it's a stick shift car I mean, I, and I, we haven't even gotten into it yet but I like the fact that it's an old car I feel like it gives it more of a um what's the word I'm trying to think of you know my style I like old school stuff mm-hmm. retro maybe that's what I'm thinking uh,
1: maybe maybe this is just me in my own personal opinion but they're college students right they're coming back
0: and this is two thousand and one. Yeah,
1: they're college students, right? They're coming back from
0: col they're from
1: college on a break. Am I, yeah. am I right? Correct, yes. And they're driving back. Oh, it was Trisha's car, correct? It was Trisha's car. It was Trisha's car. Uh what college person? has that old of a car and that barely wear? i mean
0: i mean i don't know about you I don't know, about here, but I don't know but when my first car was a 1998 toyota corolla okay and this okay. was 2013 so I mean, mine
1: was a 2001 honda accident so yeah, i so, kind of get you it. over
0: here judging
1: i kind of get it but like i don't know it just <laughs> like it, and and the creepers truck is old but there's something about that truck that like it might be old but it doesn't come across that way Oh. The look-wise, yes. It's performance-wise. Performance, wise. performance no. is no. Yeah.
0: No. But anyway, the opening scene, you see Derry and Trish driving their old light blue, I think it's a Chevy, on the country back road. They're coming back home from college break. Derry and Trish are a brother and sister, and it's deliberately written that they're brother and sister to avoid any sexual tension between characters. And I know it may get some hate from some people, but I absolutely love that. Because it
1: doesn't always have to be about sex. Well
0: that's what I'm saying. I feel like for a for me, if you want to get really scared in a movie or you have a horror film, adding in sex, in my opinion, is a distraction. So I know that's extreme to say, I know. But I really respect that it was written that way just so there and I love that there's no sex in Jeepers Creepers. See,
1: I gotta disagree with you on that one. Really? Well, depends on the movie. I'm gonna be honest with you. Okay. Jeepers creepers, you're right. It does not belong, like at all. It, there, it's it's not needed. But I feel like for something like Jason Voorhees, like
2: True, part of the appeal the story,
1: part of the appeal for those movies is coming to see some tits. I mean, <laughs> I mean, coming well, to see some teenagers fuck and I mean get in, killed afterwards.
0: And those 80s slasher movies, I mean, that was a key component because that those were always the people that the killers would go after—people who were having sex and mm-hmm. getting freaky or, and having fun or
1: like another example howling mm-hmm. in 1981 where the scene where e wallace's husband uh has sex with that woman and they start transforming into a werewolf like mid sex scene like that's that one cool. it, it worked because it was like their primal nature's coming out like that's true
0: That's a fair point you can
1: make it work it's like but there are certain movies that it this kind of pointless East and that, Jeepers Creepers is one of those, it didn't fit. Yeah, sex it doesn't really,
0: fit. I don't get what it would just be a distraction. I think it would be. Um, Derry is played by Justin Long, Trish is played by Gina Phillips.
1: Every time I see him, I see Dodgeball, <laughs>
0: dodge. <laughs> see Dodgeball, Do- di- dive and dodge. <laughs> Derry is reported to be a biology student, per script description. Didn't know if you knew that or not. Did not know that Derry's name. Oh, you're gonna love this fact. Eh? Derry's name is a tribute to Stephen King's It from Derry, Maine. It also is about a creature who hibernates for years and then feeds off people's fear. Me and you have talked about that. We can talk which about that a little bit more. my
1: favorite monster movie. Yes. Of, uh, which we will do probably, maybe next. Who knows? We haven't decided when we're going to do it, but uh, definitely want to do that one.
0: Oh, yeah. We can dip into that a little bit more uh, as we come along, but I thought you might like that. So Dairy is named after Derry. It's just oh, spelled differently. That's crazy. That is cool. Long and Phillips were not allowed to meet Jonathan Breck. Jonathan Breck is the man who plays the creeper. That until really wor- scenes wor- were filmed in order to get genuine reactions. That
1: were they use that in a lot of movies. Like uh that is true. It the kids yeah, weren't allowed to see it. Bill Skarsgrd. Bill Skarsgard. Or um do you remember uh the line the witch in the wardrobe. Yeah. Remember that movie? I do. Do you remember the scene when she goes through the the wardrobe for the first time and she sees the set of like the winterland? Yeah. They never let her see they never let them see any of the sets. So when she really like walked through and she saw that was the first time it was seeing a it, and reaction. It really like got her general reaction.
0: Yeah, I kind of like when they do that. It just makes it more special, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. I think Freddy Krueger did, they did that with him too. Did they? Kept him away from the teenagers.
0: Dang. Um no wonder they were so terrified. Yeah. Long and Phillips both stated that the screenplay was so scary that they had to put it down after 20 minutes and come back to reading it later. They were that terrified of the script. And honestly, I can't blame them. I would Oh, man, I would love to get a hold of, of a copy of the screenplay.
1: Do you know if they got both of them first and then they figured out who the creeper was going to be or did they get the creeper first and then pick the two brother and sister?
0: That is a great question, but I do believe that uh trish and Derry were cast first.
1: They were cast first?
0: I think, but I don't know that 100%. Just, this was also Justin Long's first horror film and he was only 22 years old. Wow. During, in this movie. Yeah, he's really young. He's younger than us. <laughs> I know. Dang, it makes me feel like I look like, nothing at 22. <laughs> but uh Derry, Justin Long, I'm just going to be honest, he's so adorable. <laughs> Like, I'm not even going to go so far to say, like, oh, he's hot. I got he's the hot cute. Storm. But He's cute. He's
1: cute. I'm cute. I'm a straight guy, and I think he's cute. He's
0: adorable. <laughs> um, but Victor Salva got locals also. in this So in this opening scene, you see him drive along this country road. There's, like, nothing out there but landscape. But apparently, Victor Salva got locals to take out the mailboxes temporarily that they had next to the road just to give it a deserted appearance. Mm-hmm. People were apparently on board with that. And... Knowing that now, like, it makes me appreciate that that opening scene so much more. Yeah. And we're still talking about them just driving down the road. Yeah. As we as they come closer to the to the camera, we they just have normal brother and sister banner. You know, in dialogue. Coming back from college. Yeah, picking on each other with what are you doing? Stuff like that. They um they play this game where they try to read license plates off cars and I think that's pretty funny, and I had never even heard of that until I saw that in this movie.
1: I think that's a realistic thing that people. It do. is,
0: but after they, you know, do this for maybe I think it's not even five minutes in the movie, someone might have to put me at a direct time, but about five minutes in the movie, we start to see the creepers truck in the background sneak up on them, and then once he gets up to them, he starts to harass them on the road. <clears throat> so he just like you can see him in the background. Derry singing this, this made-up country song that he's just picking on his sister with and then you can slowly see not even slowly the creeper's truck is way in the background and then it just is flying up to them and then on next thing you know it's right on their ass and (gasps) like the just
1: i think the Creeper truck like horn is so iconic now like oh it is
0: and already just from that would you would you not get scared the shit out of if you're just in your own little world on the road, and all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, this big ass truck is right behind you on your ass and honking on their horn, you would you'd be scared shit. You'd at least jump a little bit.
1: I'm gonna be honest with you, like it would scare me at first, but then it would really piss me off. So yeah. <laughs> then I'd probably start fighting with them, like honestly, but obviously I wouldn't fight with the creeper because that's a monster. But if it was like an old person doing it, yeah, it'd probably piss me off for like bad.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, I would be, like, I would jump at first, and then i kind of be like, what the hell is this guy's problem? What the fuck is his well, problem? Well, that's exactly what their reaction is. Like, what the hell is this guy's problem? <laughs> and then once the creeper, like, so Darius kind of swerving a little bit, try to get out of his way. And then this goes for just a couple of seconds. And then the creeper truck does finally go around them, and then he just, like, flies forward. Mm-hmm. And, uh... I love this scene. I don't know why. I think it's just because I think it's funny. But as soon as the creeper truck passes in front of them, and Trisha's like, what the hell was that guy's problem? And Justin Long's character goes, my first guest, Ember (laughs) Dang I just think that is so funny. It kind of puts some, uh, like, comedic value in a scary moment. And normally, I'm not going to lie, I get kind of annoyed at that in movies. I feel like if I'm going to go see a scary movie, I want to get scared. I don't want to laugh.
1: I, again, I'm have to disagree with you on that. I think like people bringing laughter into uh, scary situations is normal. Like,
0: I mean, it is like but
1: that's 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 how people are. Like, well,
0: I know, know that's how you are when we go to haunted yeah, houses. Yeah, but people
1: are really like that. People like to joke and make laugh at a situation. That doesn't mean it can't be still scary. People are gonna you know make light of a bad situation if they can. But I think it could be used really well in certain circumstances.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair point. Sometimes it's a relief to get like a little bit of a of a joke when you're you know you're in a yeah because
1: you you go to that dark place and it's scary and then it brings you back up to like a false state of like okay this is getting funnier and then it'll bring you right back down to that terrified place
0: yeah so as the creeper passes them after Derry calls him an inbreed uh, we see the creeper's license plate which reads B E A T N G U can't believe I always I mean. thought it
1: said Beat and go
0: remember I mentioned earlier that Derry and Trish are playing this license plate game where they try to guess what it is yeah. and once they kind of calm down after a minute you know they're ranting about how much that whoever this person was was being a massive asshole they calmed down enough to eventually talk about his license plate and Darius all of a sudden he's like B-E-A-T-N-G-U that's beating you that's mine that's three to five you can't call it now my ass well I was in shock tough um he's trying to figure out what it means and so all of a sudden he goes oh, beating you and then, after saying that, or at some point during this opening scene, he looks over at his sister and is like, basically telling her, "You know, mom and dad are going to be wondering why you're coming home with me and not with your boyfriend." And then he says, "What has Polysyga been doing to you? Beating you?" And then Trish does not reply. And this is an important moment because it's really a representation of her character. Mm-hmm. So you can also kind of tell just on the way that she banters with her with Derry but she's she's tough and by this piece of dialogue it's implied that trish you know she's coming home on break with her brother not her boyfriend and dairy's also talking about how you're gonna have to explain this to mom and dad they like him blah 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 it implies that maybe she's not being treated well by him either and she's strong enough to have to endure that and then go home and explain to her parents why he's you know she's not with him yeah the uh, They also, after this scene, they start to talk about a local legend of Kenny and Darla. So, uh, around this time, Trish goes, you know what I just thought of, right? And then Darryl goes, what? She goes, Kenny and Darla. Trish, they died about 100 miles from here. It was still the same highway. And then Darryl's like, yeah, but this highway runs the length of the state. So, they're talking about a legend that, I mean, like an urban legend. Apparently... Some, like, in class of 70A is what they say it is. And this is, I I believe that Jupiter's Creepers, even though it was made in 2001, I think it's supposed to take place in the actual time, 2001, I believe. But they talk about how two teens were found. Their car was found all smashed up. And they never found the bodies, except I think they found one of the girls' body, but they didn't find her head or her boyfriend at all. And it was supposed to be kind of like an urban legend to talk about, like, drinking and driving and the dangers of that. Now, how that can correlate with missing bodies, I don't know, but... Coyotes could have came and ate them, you don't know. The way that they talk about it, though, in this scene is just really creepy. It's like, you just get scared the shit out of, and then you start talking about this urban legend that also scares the shit out of you and just gives you chills. You realize that this creepy and scary thing just happened to you on the same highway where apparently a really scary urban legend happened at. And Trish makes a comment. She's like, when I first heard that story, I used to think this was the highway I would die on. And as you love to say sometimes,
1: foreshadowing. Foreshadowing.
0: Yes. So it's pretty creepy. Uh, Another aspect of what makes all these, I mean, we're just right at the beginning, but it can be said throughout the film. that makes the film so scary is the score. Like, the soundtrack that comes with this. So, you know, when when it's high stress and high anxiety, you have, like, high strings and brass. And then when things are, like, ominous and slow, like, you got you have something really deep tone and drawn-out. But the score really matches up what's going on in the moment.
1: So I like the Creeper's uh, favorite song. I think it's very demented.
0: Oh, yeah. And we will definitely talk about that coming up, too. And also, this is just another fun fact. So the Creeper's license plate is B-A-T-N-G-U. Well, there's, Tr- Dairy and Trisha's license plate says SVM. And there's a theory that it's, inter- that can be interpreted as save me. I thought that was kind of eerie. Like, I wouldn't have thought of that at all. But, fun fact for you. They keep going down the road. They stop to go pee. And apparently, when Dairy's peeing in this scene, it's really him peeing. But anyway, and they keep going when all of a sudden, they pass by the creeper, dumping a body into a pipe at an old abandoned church.
1: I don't know. It's a body
0: yet. Yes, but it's, as they say, it's something wrapped and roped in a sheet with red stains on it. You know, putting two and two together, I would probably think it was a body too.
1: Crazy night at Cheesecake Factory with wine. You never know. (laughs) You You never know. You never know, I
0: guess. (laughs) So, this is another, just as soon as like your adrenaline comes down from that chase, that mini chase scene, it's going back up because... Oh, there's a, you know
1: they're going to stop. <laughs> when
0: they're going past the creeper, seeing him do this, the camera shows the creeper like he's he quickly, like, and when he notices them passing, he quickly throws the body down the pipe. But then he just stands there and stares at them and watches him pass. It is so freaking creepy. Like, it's giving me chills talking about it. I just, I still get so scared over this movie. And I'm almost 30 years old now. But it is truly, it's just so creepy. So then he gets back on the road again and starts chasing him again. And then this is where we go into a bigger chase scene. This scene where he comes back on the road and he chases them after they watch him dump a body down the pipe. This scene is actually inspired by a real life case. Really? Yes. A man named Dennis Depew.
2: Depew.
0: Yes. Depew. He murdered his wife and was in real life and was actually seen by passing witnesses of him dealing with a bloody sheet at an old abandoned schoolhouse. And just like in Jeepers Creepers, he goes back on the road and he hunt- he chases these people down, these witnesses down. I don't ever really know what became of it, but this was an episode, they actually did an episode on Unsolved Mysteries of this. Yeah, so really? it, that, that scene in particular really was based off a real life case. And It's very creepy. So that just makes it even more, you know, in a way, scarier, in my opinion. Because I think one of the arguments that people may have about horror films, and maybe especially with Jeepers Creepers, people may say, well, it's obviously not real. This is 100% fake. But
1: Movies are meant to be fiction. Right. Like, it's cool. I mean, you can make non-fiction ones. But fiction ones, it's not supposed to be realistic.
0: Right. But then when you think, like, moments like this, were really inspired by something in real life, and then you think about it. Would it really be that unheard of if you were driving down the road and all of a sudden some maniac just comes out of nowhere and starts chasing you on the road? That could really happen in real life. Yeah, it could. It really could. And it just, that's partly another reason why I get so scared over this movie is just thinking about what if this was real life? Mm -hmm. What if this really did happen? It's very scary. So, yeah, um... It was an, on an episode of Unsolved Mysteries, the Dennis DePew case. And the episode was in 1990 sometime. And I think Victor Salva did confirm that this case did inspire this scene. So they get, cha- Derry and Trish get chased off the road. They end up having to crash into a field. And the car kind of breaks down for just a minute. And then the creeper truck just keeps on going. He, he zooms by. Then they decide whether they want to go back to that church and help whoever that was or not. Derry wants to go back and help and Trish does not. And I have to say, I mean, we wouldn't have the movie without them going back to the church. But in real life, the Trish would be brave
1: right. Thing that Derry does. You say what? This is the only brave thing that I think Derry actually does. You're
0: right. This is probably the bravest thing. No, maybe the second bravest thing Derry does. So it ends up they dis- they do go back to the church. Derry convinces Trish that this is the right thing to do. So they go back to the church, and they. Approach it, and they start shouting down the pipe. Hello, is there anyone down there? At first, we don't hear anybody, but then we hear like a off-distance cry. And then Derry is getting ready to walk away when he hears this, and he jerks back and he screams louder. Hello! And we don't hear anything again. So then he tries to—he climbs into the pipe to see if he can hear any better. And of course, Trish is like, Derry, come on, what are you doing? And he's like, Well, just hold my feet, hold my feet. So Derry's laying in this pipe with Trish holding his feet, and he's trying to hear this person who's calling for him. And all of a sudden, a whole bunch of rats pop out of nowhere, scares them. He starts kicking, and then Trish lets him go. She doesn't mean to, but he Derry ends up falling down this pipe into this cellar of this old abandoned church.
1: I don't understand why people are afraid of rats. Like That fear rats. makes no sense to me whatsoever.
0: Yeah, I mean... Maybe it was just something where like he wasn't expecting them to pop out of his face like that. I mean,
1: maybe that's true. I'll give you that.
0: Yeah. So Derry falls into the the cellar, and I remember when even I was a six year old little five six year old little kid at this moment I'm like, oh crap, what are they? What are they gonna do if this creeper comes back? Guess we'll find out. (laughs) After the initial shock of Derry falling in the cellar is over, he grabs a flashlight and investigates further in there, with Trish supposed to be on the lookout. She's standing by the road to look out, and see if the creeper truck is coming back or not. Derry finds the body. There's several of them, actually. And they're, like like the description was earlier, something tied, wrapped, and roped in a sheet with red stains on it. So, Derry shouts up at Trish that he finds the body, when all of a sudden he is grabbed that, like a hand shoots out from this bag and grabs him again, scaring the crap out of him as I'm sure it would scare anybody else.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And he, uh, he rips open the sheet to get a look at this person. And when he does, this person is gasping for air cyanotic in the lips has a pale pe- appearance. Cyanotic, um, blue lips. Okay. <laughs> indicating lack of oxygen. Oh, okay. Sunken black eyes. I mean like,
1: He's on the verge of death.
0: He's on the verge of death. And then all he can do is whisper. And he goes,
1: I I didn't, I I couldn't even hear you you heard that. What did he say?
0: So I think this character whispers hide. But when I was younger, I thought he might've said eyes, which is, which you'll, we'll get to it later, but it would, you know, make sense now. But, He, this corpse, well, not corpse, sorry. He's technically still alive. He's going to be. He's going to be a corpse, but he whispers, hide. And another thing that I wonder about this moment, too. Here's one bash I'll give Jeepers Creepers.
1: A a bash?
0: I, I will, a demerit. So, when he rips open this sheet and sees this guy, he's all stitched up in the front. He's got, like, just all down his abdomen. He's got stitches. And you could tell, like, something was removed from him you know, internally. And in real life, I feel like there is no way you would be alive after that. There's no and way.
1: Again, the discussion that we just had, it doesn't have to be realistic.
0: I mean, that's so true. Remember that. That's okay? very true.
1: Because there's lots of scenes in this movie that make absolute, like, physically no sense. But it doesn't have to be because it's, it's just, we're having fun. It's a scare movie. It's, it's a story.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I guess my demerit won't count then. A uh, pin
1: click, one might say. A pen click. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so after, I mean, shortly after he whispers, "Hide." Person dies, and he is now a corpse. Even though he looked like one the whole time. And then, basically, Trish, or er, is like, "How are you going to get out of there?" Derry's like, we're, we're, "I'm going to have to get out of here. I think it's a cellar. I can figure out a way to get out of here." Basically. Mm-hmm. So then he goes farther into the cellar, and he ends up seeing string, weird wooden kind of creature on this wooden slab and he ends up seeing hundreds of bodies on that's the a, wall
1: that i'll give this one some points that's a nice shot it is if you notice in the beginning it's the the surrounding area is dark you can't see anything and all Derry does is just stand up and the room illuminates yeah. That's a really it's nice It's a shot. really cool that, that shot. That was there the whole time and you didn't even know it. And he just like looks around and sees all those dead bodies on the wall.
0: And then like also during this, it, I remember I talked about how the soundtrack is so, like makes it so much creepier. During this scene you have strings like just jumping and jerking out. and Like it just, I can't even mock it. It's just, it's creepy. It's so horrifying. But before Derry ends up leaving this cellar and getting out of it, this is another imperative part of the plot. Remember Kenny and Darla, we were talking about earlier, the urban legend people? Yep. Derry ends up finding their corpses on his way out of this cellar. And it's freaky to him because corpses that old would not still be intact. Yeah. At all. I have a question. Yes.
1: You said the only thing that they found was her head?
0: Only her body. Her body. Her head was missing and the boyfriend altogether was missing.
1: Why is her body there?
0: I don't know. That makes no sense. Maybe that's a technical error. I don't know. Okay, I was plot about to error. say, that doesn't
1: make any like sense there, because like if they found her body, did the creeper go get her body? Or did they just kind of forget? I mean, because they did forget certain um. things in the movie, I'm sure we'll discuss, but I feel like that was like, kind of a logical error.
0: Hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't know, but either way, this is an important part of the plot, because the look on Derry's face is pure horror. Like, it just... Mm-hmm. Again, imagine if you were him. Like, you heard about this scary urban legend that happened, like, over 20 years ago, and then all of a sudden, you see these corpses. And the reason why he knows that it's Kenny and Darla is because her head is sewn on, and they're both wearing their class rings. Mm -hmm. He knows it's them. Like, that... That is horrifying.
1: I like that they made the bodies look like actual taxidermy bodies. Yeah. Like they really did. Like, they really looked like a taxidermy human.
0: Yeah, they did. And that maybe that's how they stayed intact. But that was one of the other aspects of why it made it so terrifying for dairy Is Again, these corpses are over 20 years old. Like, they would not normally still be intact at all.
1: Well, it's not impossible for a body to be that way after that amount of time. The thing is, like, for example, there was a, a leader in the uh, Soviet Union
2: mm-hmm.
1: who died. Uh, his name's leaving me right now. I'm sure somebody will fact check me on that. His body is still on display. He died in the 40s. Hmm. But it takes a special team a special team, just to keep his body up. And most of his body is gone. Like, they've just redone him. There are certain parts of his body that are still, still real, but... Is it impossible? No. It definitely wouldn't look that good after 20 years. It would
0: not. Like, if you watch this movie, you'll see what we're talking about. I mean, they're clearly, like, it has a glossy kind of look to their bodies, but, like, they're pretty intact and pretty well done. The detail's
1: nice. Their eyes are weird to me.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's, like, a faraway shot of them, like, before they get up close, where I think the Kenny looks kind of fake, but, but I mean, still, it's creepy. It's I mean, a
1: taxi an animal doesn't look real, but then it also does at the same time. Yeah, that's so, kind you know, of how you know these, these look. It's close. Yeah, but not identical.
0: Exactly, and that's how these bodies look in this church. Yeah, you can just see how terrified this makes Derry. Like you can, t- you know, he's scared after his encounter on the road, and then especially with getting grabbed by this corpse and talking to the by the. I keep calling him a corpse, but he pretty much was. And then him trying to whisper something to him, Derry can't make it out, and then he dies, and then. To see this, like I think this is what did it for Derry.
1: Let me tell you something. I wouldn't even notice the bodies if I noticed there was a dude that had my stitched up stuff in front of me. He Help or hide or whatever hide. eyes or something. Uh Taylor would have already been out of there by now.
0: But buddy, you ain't got <laughs> to tell ends me his own twice. Fault. He Peace. wanted to go down there. Yeah, and Derry exactly. Derry wanted to go down there and be the good Samaritan, but Should listen
1: to his sister. It really
0: bit him in the ass. Uh, so anyway. Derry finally does make it out of the cellar after scaring the shit out of Trish. He sneaks up and slams on the window, but when he gets to that window, she knows something's wrong with him. Like he is almost catatonic.
1: You can do that. That's that's a real scene. I mean, there's some t- certain times you can look at someone's face and see that
0: the horror.
1: There's something going on. There's some, yeah, you like can something. Do it, yeah, like something.
0: Like they saw something. You could tell sometimes people see something. It just really, for it's lack real. of terms, fucks with their head. So that's where Derry's at at this point. So they in the next scene, they're driving to the next town. Derry is still catatonic this whole time. He's mumbling. Uh, he's real quiet. And I'm, this is when he's finally telling Trish that he saw Kenny and Darla. He's like, you know what they did, Trish? You know what they did to her head? He sewed it right back on. And it just, again, the score in it makes the scene more dramatic and, and scary. I do
1: have some questions about that, but we'll get to that later. Definitely remind me whenever we start talking about the what he does to bodies okay remind me i have some questions there
0: okay while they uh, so their gas is about out so they stop to the next gas station when they pull into this gas station they see the creeper truck fly past them and they run into the diner like oh shit we have got to call the police shit he's going back he's going back we need to get help now
1: I love how nobody gives a shit that this guy's just flying down the road. Yeah, I mean this guy's nobody cares.
0: Yeah, like there's, but there's even you don't really see anybody else on the road anyway, except that one other RV in the beginning within the first three minutes. He must.
1: They must have saw him.
0: Who the diner people? No,
1: the RV people.
0: Yeah, because he was behind them. Yeah, they he turned off, saw and that's them. how he got behind Trish and Dairy.
1: And he goes past the diner. You know, if you were sitting at a diner and some dude in a big-ass truck goes past 90 miles an hour, people
0: notice. Yeah, I mean, I'd look out the window and be like, damn, my god, it's flying. Small
1: penis. <laughs> 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 um,
0: so, as soon as they get into the diner, they're obviously like, uh, Trish, Trish, of course, is the one who's like, we need help now, please, we need to... Call the police. And
1: nobody in the diner gets nobody the shit? Nobody moves. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> looking at them like
0: they're a bunch of freaks. And then she gets irritated. She's like, please. So then finally, uh, one of the waitresses calls the police or whatever. And about this time, the payphone in the diner rings. And nobody's answering it. And then one of the other diner people there, I think he's the cook. He's like, you're going to get that? Or he might be on the cash register or whatever. And then Trish, you know, again, Trish taking charge. She just picks it up and goes, yeah, hello. Have you seen the cats yet? Who? Who is this? You and your brother. Have you seen the cats? Me and my brother. You and Dairy with lots of cats. How the hell do you know Dairy? Basically, a woman calls this payphone
1: and no, she knows no,
0: yeah. all about Trish and Dairy. But and how? Exactly. How? So we see a scene briefly where Giselle, this is the name of the woman, is talking to them on the phone. You can kind of see the background of where she's at. She's in her own home. She's basically trying to warn them. In the future, Trish and Derry are going to be around lots of cats. And they're going to be in some trouble when this happens, is what she's basically trying to tell them. And one of the chilling things that Giselle says during this scene, she goes, I don't know if it's a demon or a devil, or just some hungry thing from some dark place in time. And they just, oh, oh, chills, chills, chills.
2: Demon or devil.
0: Like, again, just put yourself, if this were real life and this really happened to you, Everything happened, you know. That happened to Trish and Darius happened to you, and then you get a call from somebody you don't even freaking know who knows you and is saying, basically hinting at that she knows what this thing is, to, or she has seen this thing too,
1: and she knows things about that it's not you that human. Happened yet?
0: Mm-hmm. And when she says that, I think it's safe to say at this point in the film, when she makes that comment, the audience can can pretty much pick up on this this thing may not be human. Okay. This may not be a man.
1: See, I think he at least was. He has to be.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll get to that. Okay, but he resembles. You know, he looks like a man. Yeah. Um, it's, you Clubs. can't see any like far away. You can't see his facial features in detail, really. But he's wearing a, a hat, a trench coat. I think is what you call it. Boots, yeah, yeah, yeah. shirt, pants, like dressed like a man. She also during the scene, Giselle plays the Jeepers Creepers song on the phone.
2: Jeepers,
0: the point Jeepers. of her doing this, she's also trying to warn them that when. Sometime in the future, when Trish and Derry hear that song, they're going to be in for some more trouble, too. She's trying to warn them and help them. And a fun fact for you, I think you might find this interesting. You know that um, when the camera pans over the background and then it goes over the album cover of Jeepers Creepers and there's like a old-timey man on the front cover of it, looks yeah. like from a war era? That's actually Victor Salva. And it was that was his high school graduation picture, and they basically edited it to make it look like an old time. Oh, That's weird, isn't that, that? That's kind. Of, I thought that was kind of interesting. After the phone call, uh, of course, Derry actually is the one who hangs up on her. He goes, he's just so freaked out at this point. He's like, "F you, lady," and hangs up you the phone. Such a wuss. But I don't blame him though. I'd be shaking up too. So the next scene after this, the cops are finally at the diner. Derry is trying to tell the cops what he saw. And he's trying to talk to Trish about it before he does. like, Because at this point, the cops are looking at him like they don't believe him. And even Trish is starting to doubt him a little bit. Because she makes a comment, and Derry can tell that she's not really engaged in what he's saying. And he's like, what, you think I hit my head down there or something? She's like, well, I didn't say that. And then he gets upset because he's like, you believe me, right? But she doesn't necessarily, you know, Trish didn't have to see. She didn't see what Derry saw. Yeah. This is important because I think this is what makes the fear more prominent in Derry. Yep. Um, so anyway, as they're having this kind of banter, the cops come back to talk to him. And Derry says another line that just I thought was accurate but also freaky. He's like, "They hang them up on the walls. It's like some psycho version of the Sistine Chapel. And he's talking about the bodies. And then at this point he gets, you know, upset and worked up and he's loud. And then one of the, uh, workers from the diner goes, Hey, 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 Hey. And like down to, to calm down. All of a sudden, one of the workers, frantically comes out of nowhere. She goes, that's your car out. Of the pump's isn't it. They run out there. And again, the score is everything. You have strings. <clears throat> <clears throat> like, I just can't even do it right. But we see the car, the back doors are open and laundry is just every, hanging everywhere outside the car. A truly uh, WTF moment. So, they get over to the car to pick up their laundry. And they're like, what the hell? And then the waitress who came to let them know this, that, that, you know, somebody w- that was at their car, she said, he was standing there sniffing that laundry, holding big handfuls under of his nose. He looked like he was liking it, too. Okay. Once again, combine everything that... Has happened in this movie so far. Mm-hmm. All the scary, adrenaline-inducing, freaky shit that's happened. And then now you're being told that something, somebody or something was at your car sniffing your dirty laundry and looked like they were enjoying it truly a wtm
1: that sounds like a typical day in florida to me i mean there's <laughs> some weird people out there do i think do i think it's outlandish for somebody like there's some sick people out there do i think it's outlandish for somebody to like literally grab a hand like go into someone's car and grab a handful of their laundry and literally <laughs> i could believe it i could believe it
0: oh gosh no offense to alex and bailey we love you guys they're not weird but, oh yeah. yeah um so as this is another scene that, if you're unless you're like really paying attention, you might miss it. But Trish is standing right beside the car as Derry and the cop are kind of like going at it a little bit like about what the fault. Yeah, like what happened here. And for a second, like there's like a breeze and a, a millisecond shadow that comes over Trish's face, and she notices it. Like you can hear a, a faint flap. It's like something was in the air over her
2: mm-hmm.
0: just for a second. Yeah. And she picked up on it. There's also this scene, during this scene when the cops are investigating the car, uh, Derry is picking up the laundry and he notices a handprint on the handle. And then he asks the cop, are you interested in that handprint? And the cop comes over. Derry's like, you can get a print on that. Dust, and dust it, right? And then the cop goes, looks like somebody already did. And you could tell by looking at this handprint that it's not normal. Like it's, it's wet but it's also kind of like disintegrating at the same time. It's really weird. It's not a normal handprint.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, before we leave the scene, I also want to point out that this diner in this scene was actually built just for the movie. So it really wasn't a, a place that already existed. It was built just for the movie.
1: Do you think they actually cooked the people in there like a meal while they were doing it <laughs> just to make know. it seem normal?
0: I don't know. I don't know if they like installed it to be a diner or just made it look like a diner. That's you pretty know? cool. You know what I mean? Like, kind yeah. of like on shows, they build sets to look like a living room, but it's not really a living room. Well, people
1: were eating in the diner, so do you think they like cook the whole meal for them And it's like, all right, you're gonna eat this?
0: Just pretend. Imagine it's a getting diner. paid
1: to eat in a scene. Like, I feel that, like that would sweet. be fun. That'd
0: be the ultimate deal. Um. So the next scene, Trish and Derry are driving to the next county over, or they're driving back to the police station. Yep. The cops are following them, and Trish and Derry are just discussing. Like, kind of, like, what has happened so far. And one thing that they note on is how fast he, meaning the creeper, but at this point they don't know he's the creeper. They just know he's a lunatic, got back to the diner. And Darius, like, he drives fast but not that fast. So they're trying to figure out, like, think it's they notice it's weird how fast he managed to get back to them. Yeah, I think this is another moment where we can start to question if the creeper is really human or not. I think it's safe to say at this point, most people are probably suspecting this is not a human being. Yeah. So then, you know, I guess they take a break from the conversation and Derry turns on the radio. And guess what he... Oh, wait. I'm jumping ahead a little bit. But Derry turns on the radio and guess what he hears?
1: Cheaper. But it's not the, it's not the old version. It's right. a new upbeat version.
0: And I found out that this uh, version of the song that's on the radio is actually from a song called Peekaboo by Sugji and the Bangees.
1: Yeah. I know, you've made me listen to I it. I have. But
0: that, that group is basically like a goth rock group. Oh, okay. uh, but in this version, when we hear it on the radio, I don't think it's actually the lead singer of So-Gene that I think I'm saying, Sixty? I hope I'm saying that correctly. I don't think it's actually her singing it in this version, though, for some reason, because the voice is a lot lower. I don't know if it really is her. But that's the song that is playing, is Peekaboo. So simultaneously, I guess I didn't jump ahead. You go back to the, you know, Derry's starting to freak out. And he's like, this is a song. And Trisha's like, what are you talking about? What song? Because remember, she didn't hear Giselle talk about and warn them about when you hear this song, you run. And I mean run. Derry's the one who heard all that. Yeah. So he's starting to freak out again. And Trisha's like, what are you? What the hell is going on? And then it flashes to the cop car. And then their radio comes on. And it's another cop. He says preliminary came back on that handprint. And then the cop's like, a, basically like, okay, well, what is it? It's dead skin, long dead. That's why it was powder. And then he's like, dude, what? And then all of a sudden, you, poof, you hear a thump. But didn't the top they say that
1: the, 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 they yeah. went to the church and it was on fire?
0: Yes, I did forget to mention that. They also were saying, um, Is that a couple of pyromaniacs you got out there with you? And then the cop's like, Go ahead. This little church is on fire. And I mean burning out of control. So we also learned in this scene, not only does the handprint, dead skin, not normal. This is not normal at all. But we also are hearing that the church is now on fire. It's been destroyed. Or in the process of being destroyed. I
1: realized something when we were watching this movie about that scene uh, mm-hmm. earlier today. And I want to, whenever we get to the end, I got to ask you that question too. Because I do have questions Okay. about that.
0: Yes. So, okay. So then we're at the point where we hear the thump on the top of the car. Yep. The camera pans back and you can see... A man standing on top of the cop car.
1: Is he a man?
0: He's not a man. I think he was. Yes. And again, we'll talk more about Creeper in his self a little bit later. But uh, next thing we know, the female cop that is accompanying the male cop, is she rolled out, rolls down the window to investigate what the hell that was on top of their car. And she is pulled out of the car by the Creeper, killed. Then the Creeper whips out this medieval axe
1: Motherfucker pulls out a battle axe.
0: (laughs) Yes. Breaks through, you know, just busts through the car and decapitates the male officer. Then throws the head and it bounces on Trish and Derry's windshield. Then all of a sudden they're like slam on their brakes like what the hell. The cop car uh, slams on its brakes and they're out of standstill. And this is a really eerie scene because I'd like to point out once again this was real life all this happened and you finally felt somewhat comforted because you finally got the cops involved and they were nearby then all of a sudden out of nowhere something gets thrown onto your car and both of you are just stopped so trish and Derry get out of the car they're both like they know something's up they know something's not right you can tell they're both scared but trish being trish she gets out of the car and she goes hello I said hello! Because nobody's answering. Then all of a sudden we see a head turn to the side. And you can tell it's not the cop. It's the creeper. And you can also see his wisps of, right, of white hair. Um, the creeper gets out of the car. And once he opens the door, Trish and Derry run back into their car and lock the door. And instead of taking off right at that moment like I probably would have done, they stand, they sit there and they watch. And you can just the acting in it, I think, is so well done because at this point, you know, they, they do a great job of having fear written all over their faces. The creeper gets out of the car and he starts whistling his song. Can you whistle?
1: Not the song, but I can not whistle.
0: Yeah, <whistles> yeah. He starts whistling the Jeepers Creeper song and walking to that decapitated cop head. Who he picks up the head where he proceeds to eat the tongue
1: it looks like he's french kissing it looks like he's making scene. out the head so like,
2: <sighs>
0: well, he picks up this head and he eats the tongue out of the head and trish and Derry sit here in their car and they watch this and also fun fact did you ever notice when the creeper is doing this in the background is a billboard and on this billboard it says tastes so darn good <laughs> i thought that was so ironic and then i found out later that that was intentionally done that way
1: it would have been better if they put a KFC thing back there and it said, finger looking good. <laughs> yeah, I know, right?
0: So, Trish and Derry, at this point, they're like, okay, we have seen enough. And they freaking gun it out of there. And now it's Trish who's driving like the creeper is, like over 100 miles an hour. So, next thing you know, she, you see Trish just flying down the, the interstate, or the, this back road. And then all of a sudden, uh, Derry's like, slow down. I mean it, slow down. And then she just, being a typical female, Uh, She slammed on the brakes, and the car stopped. When they stopped, they were next to this house. There's no lights on at this house, but they could tell somebody lives here. And Trish decides, is the one who decides to stop getting approached this house to use the phone to call for help. Derry is the one who's like, how far is the next town? Let's just go to the next town. And i got to be honest, uh, I would probably be Derry in this situation. I would not be stopping at anywhere that's not a public place. But, anyway.
1: If you're being chased by a monster or a maniac, get what you can. Don't worry about it.
0: Well, I just... I, I feel you on one and hand, if, And but... if the
1: creeper hadn't been a monster and it had been a man, I think the person living at this house would have been plenty of help.
0: I I don't know. Maybe I would have, if I did choose to stop, I'd feel more comfortable, like, parking my car, like, behind the house or something.
1: Maybe. I mean, you could do that.
0: I don't know. Like, but just my gut instinct, if I was in this scenario in real life, I but, would not be stopping unless it was but, at a public area. But
1: remember, when you're under stress like that and you're being scared like that, you're not, you're going to be like, well, I'm going to react this way. No, you, you don't know that mm-hmm. until you're there. That's true. And you're in that moment. And you're not going to think about those small things.
0: That's true. So, they end up stopping at this house, and this lady is uh, an old cat lady. She has, like, hundreds of cats. And there's a scene where there's like, ma'am, how many cats do you have? More than a couple. Um, but when Tri- when she originally approaches Darryl and Trish, she's- Trish is like, do you have a phone? I need to call the cops. She's like, nah. And this lady's like, don't even think about bringing the cops out here. They try to tell me how many cats I can have. Well, I'll have as many cats as I want to have. So... And then, you know, also Darius kind of like, I think it's one of those things where he's like, I freaking told you we shouldn't have stopped here. All of a sudden, when they're getting ready to go in the house to use the phone, the lights cut off at this house. Woo. And w- another weird moment about this scene, not only do the lights cut off, but the windmill, you know, everything is spinning and working just fine. All of a sudden, just stand still, stops.
1: Do you think that's because he's a supernatural presence to him?
0: Originally, I thought that, but if I'm being honest with you, I don't know. At this point. Could be. So, they look over into the lady's yard, her little garden, and then in, insert this creepy score. Done, done, done. And then the creeper is standing on her scarecrow, just staring at them. Like... How does this
1: motherfucker get it's, somewhere it, so and quietly? He's and so a fast. ninja.
0: So there's another part where actually I'm glad that there was a little bit of comedic value in this movie. Because, again, when I say terrified, I mean I was terrified. She, this old woman comes out with her shotgun. She like plows through Daring Trish and she's like, You got ten seconds to get your ass out of my yard. And don't think I'm going to tell you twice. And then obviously the creeper is not moving. He's just staring all wide-eyed at them. And then...
1: She fucking shoots at him, yeah. and that gun blows. Yeah, Trish that, that's just, a powerful gun.
0: Yeah. Was, is it sawed off, do you think?
1: I, to be honest with you, if we're... Realistically, it wouldn't do that. Realistically. Mm-hmm. But it's fiction, so whatever. But that's a powerful gun.
0: Yeah, so Trish like, get away from him. And then like right at this moment, is when she shoots at the creeper, and he flies off the scarecrow. And... Lands and you like jumps up, like flies to her roof, and Like, breaks into her, the house. Yeah, leaves to her roof and then he breaks into her house. So this old woman, I wish I was as fearless as her because she's going, she goes back into this house. She
1: knows, she's literally like going and like Darren's trying to stop her. He's like, "No, you can't go in there. He's gonna kill you. Yep. You brought that monster into my house." What and she,
0: she says, kicks what she him says in the is, dick. What she says is, "What the hell did you bring <laughs> into my house?" And that's another kind of creepy moment because once again, it's implying that this is not a human being and then yeah she freaking hits dairy in the nuts with her butt over oh, she done. didn't hit
1: him in the nuts she kicked him where dairy. he was weak
0: i wonder if dairy wore a cup during that scene or justin long wore a mm-hmm. cup during
1: that it scene. looked like it hurt
0: i don't know like whew. Uh, so this fearless old woman's all pissed off because her cats are disturbed and she goes into this house she goes go to fucking hell going back in her house and all of a sudden
1: I, I do like I do like that scene where it gets like real quiet.
0: It's real quiet. You're
1: standing out there like, I wonder what's going on and then you see a flash, boom, gunshot. Yep. And then another boom gunshot and then it just goes silent again.
0: Right. Then the camera pans and you see this a woman just standing there. You can see her standing in her house and she's just standing there. It's so creepy. Yet again I'm probably gonna say this over and over and over again, the score. Creepy music is playing as she's just standing there. Very eerie, very susp- uh, suspenseful. And all of a sudden, we see the creeper, the creeper's boots, walking behind this old woman. He walks her to the screen front door. Trish and Derry are still standing there. And he's holding the old woman. He, he basically, the creeper shot her. So she didn't shoot him, he shot her. And I wonder if
1: the first gunshot was her shooting him and then him taking the gun. And then the second time, he shoots her.
0: Could have been, but I don't think it... I don't know, because he doesn't seem to be slowed down at all.
1: I mean, have you seen the punishment he takes in this movie and he doesn't slow down? But
0: But usually when he's injured, he at least slows down some. I didn't
1: say she hit him. I said she shot at him.
0: Okay, fair point. So, the creeper is holding this old woman in front of her. And then, all of a sudden, he moves her out of in front of him and for the first time in this movie we clearly see his face and it is something out of a freaking nightmare when i saw his face for the first time i'm like oh my god that's the monster that's my monster and it was just but not in an exciting way at the time it was more of a terrified way
1: you know what i have to bring up now what the deleted scene because this okay, is where yes. it is, and you and me disagree on this. Right. Okay. We'll hear your part first.
0: Okay. So, originally in this scene, in the movie, when he reveals his face, he just smile. He does this smile, like, and he just, it's so creepy, he just shows his razor-sharp razor, razor sharp teeth that is smiling at Trish and Dairy and they run into their car. Yep. But there's actually a deleted scene.
1: Which I, in deleted- my opinion... Think is here. more terrifying that I think they should have left in. Now, this is just an opinion thing. So you think the creeper is more terrifying being silent yes. or mute, doesn't talk.
0: I think that, yes, I think it makes it more scary.
1: Mm-hmm. I think he's more terrifying when he does. And the only reason I say that is because, for example, um, well, hold on, let me tell them what they say. So that same scene plays. And you see his face, and he looks at both of them and says, She don't smell too good, Darius. Which is Darius' You're your giving name. me chills doing <laughs> that. It was so <laughs> right. good. So, do you think a mute killer is more terrifying? I say... For
0: him. For him.
1: I say a killer with intelligence is more terrifying. For example, Jason is mindless. Like, he has a mind, but he's mute. He doesn't talk. He doesn't think. He just kills for the sake of killing. No rhyme or reason. Not saying he's not terrifying because he is. But if you take him compared to another killer, that's like... I compared the Creeper to, to Freddy Krueger a lot. Well, we know for a fact that Freddy was once human. We know that. We don't know that about the Creeper. But Freddy was once human that turned into a monster. He still has those human qualities to him of thinking like a human, talking like a human, and being like a personality. He's intelligent. He knows that this is wrong and does it anyway. He just enjoys it, Mm -hmm. right? That's more terrifying to me. So the fact that he was smart, like the scene where he starts whistling after he cut that cop's head off Mm -hmm. is human. It it, it portrays intelligence. I think it's realistic for him to talk. Even if he's not human, even if he's just a demon, demons can talk. I think it's more terrifying for him to be like, Doing it anyway. Like,
0: yeah. Do you think You
1: she- don't smell? Do you think he meant that? Like, she don't physically smell good? Or she didn't fear him? So th- he didn't want her. She didn't smell good to him.
0: I think he meant she, the fear didn't smell good. Which, at okay. this point in the movie, we don't know anything about this yet. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're watching it for the first time. But... You make such a good point that I really can't argue with it. It's just a matter of I'm not saying I'm right. I
1: mean, it's it's an opinion thing. Like, I, I see your point. Like, like you're like, not
0: wrong. Like, you make very valid points. Not
1: knowing a reason why. Why are you not talking to me? Why are you not being human? I think it's more terrifying for him to be human-ish and still do these horrible things mm-hmm. just for his own entertainment or reasons. You know, we don't know why he does the way he does.
0: Yeah. He just does it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah and you're absolutely right but this particular scene was ended up not being used in the film but uh, you did, can find it on YouTube did if they say why? I think they just chose not to I guess they agreed with my opinion that he was creepy or I, not talking I, mean, yeah, it's an opinion, really. I think actually yeah I think that's why Victor Salva thought it was scarier with him not talking at all and I tend mm. to agree with that but if, you, if y'all if you really want to watch this scene you can YouTube it and find it but
1: the way he talks like imagine oh. him talking the rest of the movie like that like cutting that cop set off thing. and being like Ooh,
0: he might want I'm so glad you're down here guess. with me in this man cave because I'm getting chills up my <laughs> freaking spine right like, now. Like you
1: know, and like imagine the, like the later scenes when he does those that thing. You know what I'm talking about? The yes, yeah. Yes. Imagine if he did that with that squeal and then started talking. Oh, can you imagine? Like I don't know, that just sounds scarier it to is me. Scary.
0: It, 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 um. But uh, oh, I forgot to mention this earlier, but I guess since now we officially see the creeper up close in his facial features. Um, I can talk a little bit more about Jonathan Breck, who is the guy who plays the Creeper. And
1: he made this movie. He made made it.
0: So Taylor was actually the one to really um, vocalize how important his audition role was. So I'll let him talk about that.
1: I I like to compare him to uh, the guy that plays Art the Clown in Terrifier. Yes, Um,
0: David Howard Thornton.
1: People really underestimate body language, especially when it comes to horror movies. When you have a mute killer such as Art and or The Creeper, body language is a big thing. And his audition, I I recommend anyone go out there and look at it. It is, I I totally get why they picked him. Mm -hmm. So they're in a a testing room, a screening room, or whatever. And the door to the right just opens, Right. Then they're waiting for him to walk in, but he doesn't walk in immediately. He, like, just opens the door. And then all of a sudden, this motherfucker just pops his head around the corner with his eyes wide open and just looks at him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he just, like, he's so quick. He doesn't say a word. And then he's quiet. It's And then he doesn't move. Yeah. And then he moves again. And then he gets right up on him. And he, the, the, the biggest thing, I think, what got them for that audition was hit, when he got up in their face and he started smelling them, like, <sighs> Oh, like
0: so creepy. That's how he got his, cast. Victor, his, his eye Victor movements, out his and like,
1: eyes and his body language is what sold that performance. And that's yeah. why I think a lot of people think the creeper is so terrifying is his body language.
0: Right. Um, and actually Jonathan Breck did research animal, different animal movements. Really? During, yeah. For his role. And you can, you can tell. You can see
1: it. I can, I can, I can totally yeah. see it.
0: And it's just, it's so well done. It's so creepy. Um, Back to the where we're at in the movie. So the creeper reveals himself, and Trish and Derry run back to their car, and the creeper follows. And this is kind of funny, because they're, like, running to their car, and of course their gears stick in and stuff, but he's just, like, walking. See, I told you, know how you funny, Michael... funny
1: scenes can work yeah. in this, I'm telling you. Like,
0: you know how Jason and Michael, like, people run their ass off, and all they do is just walk with that heavy stance, and they're, like, right there. That's basically what the creeper does. Yeah. And then he ends up jumping onto their car, yeah. to the front of the car. And then... Trish is like, uh, "It's stuck in reverse. It's stuck in reverse. What do you want me to do? The gears are sticking." And Derry's like, "Just go in reverse." And so then they fly back, and the creeper like does a backward flip off the car.
1: That was pretty cool. It was, it, it
0: actually it was pretty freaky. <laughs> cool. flip. Yeah. And then they like zoom past, and you just hear, Arr! you can hear the brakes squeal, and they just stare at the creeper.
1: But he stares back.
0: And it is so but,
1: but he's pacing creepy. this time. Because you remember earlier when he would sit still. Just stood there. And this time he's not doing that. He's actually like but pacing. his head is always forward. Right, his body is. But his turned. body is always he's pacing. He's just kinda like it's
0: like so. You creepy. know what
1: he's telling me his body language is saying? Where are you gonna go now? You know yeah. I can catch you.
0: That's a great point. Where are you going? You were so right. And that <laughs> oh that's he, that message is completely conveyed by this body language. Yeah. So then they finally get the car out of uh, reverse and they get the gears in place and then they just gun it to try to run him over. Mm-hmm. But he does this really cool stunt move where he just jumps <laughs> he up just and then jumps he jumps just up. runs over the car. <laughs> and then he does this quick. Did you notice he does that quick head turn the first time he looks back and he's like s- kind of snarled at him. And he just does that quick head turn. You know, what, you
1: know what he was doing there again, body language when he steps up and he gets down, he does that like shoulder thing Yeah. and he snarls at him. You know what he was saying right there?
0: like really shit
1: that ain't gonna work what you doing they're like that ain't, ain't gonna work shit.
0: yeah like this is just fun and games at this point so then they back up the car again trying to hit him again and once again he jumps up and runs in front of the car and then at this point uh again there's some distance back but they're facing him and he is just standing there in the road just and then once again the score just it goes mm, like I, I can't even mock it with my mouth but just creepy as hell. The creeper is just standing there. His arms are kind of like, I don't know, maybe like a few inches like held out from his sides. And his fingers are kind of open. And he's just standing in the dead center. There's not a, another car in sight. And they're really, we haven't even seen a whole lot of other cars in There's this There's probably
1: place. not a human for miles.
0: For miles. And he's just standing there in the middle of this deserted road. Just, oh, it's the creepiest freaking thing. Kind of like
1: he's like basically saying, if you want to leave, you got to go through me.
0: Yeah, that's an excellent point. So, all of a sudden, and this is where I kind of have a little bit of confusion, but all of a sudden, you know, obviously Trish has tried to run him down two times now and he's just jumped over that car. And all of a sudden, like they're just staring at each other, Mm -hmm. and Trish is like, Come on, motherfucker. Come on. And then she guns it again. But this time the creeper runs into the car.
1: No, no, no. If you noticed when that scene, I know what happened. So notice there was a lot of distance between them those first two times. Mm -hmm. So he had plenty of time to be like, all right, here they come. And to react. If you noticed, she intentionally stalled the car like she did earlier. Remember when it was stuck in reverse? Mm -hmm. She intentionally did it again. So he's like, okay, so they're not going anywhere. So he started walking towards him. Yeah, he
0: did. You're right. And
1: she then she says, come on, motherfucker. Come on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he gets real close. And then she knows to put it back and drive. And then she guns it, giving him no time to react. I mean. And then hits him.
0: That's a good point. But I don't know why. Um, to me, it looked like he, he intentionally like just ran into I, the I car. I don't
1: think he would intentionally get hurt like that.
0: I mean, I wouldn't he, think so He never so did either. that
1: in any of the other movies. Like intentionally, like, all right, no. hit me.
0: But at the same time, too, at this scene where he's like running across the car, I kind of got the vibe a little bit. Like we were saying earlier, it's kind of like, "Well, this is just fun and games at this point."
1: But he did have time to react to those because they were so yeah. far away. This time, he had walked really close to the car, and True. then she gunned it, giving him nothing. He couldn't. He couldn't do what he did.
0: Right. Well, either way, he gets hit. Oh
1: yeah, and you can. Oh, hear he doesn't him. get hit. He gets. He gets hit. fucked. <laughs>
0: yeah, and you can hear him squeal. Yeah, it sounds really. It's just. It, it's. I can't even compare what it sounds. If you like.
1: notice when he, he squeals, that obviously means he feels pain. Right. He right. feel
0: He feels it.
1: But his skin is dead. Doesn't
0: that what that mean? that it so His weird. nerves are dead. It sounds kind of like a high pitched cry, like yeah. a <sighs> kind of like that. You know, but th- wouldn't that mean his nerves are dead? Oh yeah, he definitely felt it. But when are he gets we- hit. I feel like in real life, if you hit somebody, that it would kind of like it would throw them in the air a little bit, but it would probably push them forward. depends it how do you that. hit them.
1: It depends how you hit them because exactly. if you've ever watched sure. videos of like professional drive, like uh, race car drivers that are driving on like these like narrow roads, and a deer jumps out in front of them and they hit it and they launch that deer straight up. Well, that's in the what air.
0: happens to the creeper. He yeah. gets launched straight up. I mean, it's a good solid three seconds. He's up
1: in the air. He's
0: up in the air, and at this scene where he's like got hit and he's up in the air, some of his weapons fall out of the sky and they land on. uh, I noticed there was
1: a dagger that there was a dagger
0: on there, Mm -hmm. and um I can't remember if his axe fell or not, but it was a couple of weapons. Yeah, and then then he finally lands and he lands on the back of their car. Yep. So Trish puts the car in reverse and runs him over, Mm -hmm. and then runs him over again. Again, again, again. 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 And I'm,
1: Darius, I'm, 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 I'm Why didn't she run over his head?
0: I don't know, but maybe she I maybe she was trying to. But hey, after maybe. she's running, remember Derry is like, "Okay, enough." And nah, that ain't
2: enough, motherfucker. You enough? talking about?
0: <laughs> but you can see in the in the shot though, like he's got an arm that's smushed to the ground. His feet have been run over so many times; they're actually not intact with his legs anymore. And you can see tire marks all over his body. I mean. This motherfucker is dead or looks dead, but his head's still intact. Yeah,
1: out. I would I would have went for the head.
0: Right. I mean, maybe that's what she was trying to do, but Derry was like, "Okay, that's enough." I would have
1: Thanosed that, and you should have gone for the head.
0: Mm-hmm. It's also this point where they're staring at his corp. Well, not corpse. I'm, I'm sorry. I would I keep say saying unconscious. That word. Unconscious. Unconscious body. They see him laying on the road, and all of a sudden they see some movement in his coat, and then all of a sudden. A giant ass wing, a motherfucking rips out.
1: bat wing, a bat a wing, bat wing. I mean, a
0: huge thing. Probably, if, I don't know if you guys believe a Mothman or not, but probably bigger than freaking Mothman's yeah, wings. Yeah, that's it is. Yeah, and you can see just it, it just does not. I mean, clearly the creeper is not a human being. But in this scene, when we see the wing, like you know, he's really not a human being after yeah. seeing this crazy shit. And so. Again, Trish and Derry are in their car, and they're looking terrified, and they uh, they see the wing, and they're just like, all of a sudden, again, for the 500,000th time, the score sets in, and Derry's like, let's get out
1: of here. You know what I, I was thinking when he shot his wing up like that? What? Like... Yeah, he you ever been hurt really bad, like hurt really bad, and you're like testing out your body limbs to make sure you're okay? Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's I think he was I think he was doing. like stretching his wing like, okay, that's good.
0: Right. Like this whole scene was supposed to be when we see his wing, not only just so the audience can see it, but also I think the creeper was trying to fly away. It could have been. But it don't work. And that
1: obviously explains how he got back from the church to the diner. Right.
0: Subject. Now that answer is finally given.
1: Which begs the question, why does he need the truck? If he's got yeah. wings. And it, he, can f- he can maybe just Maybe
0: just to fuck with people, maybe. Yeah,
1: maybe.
0: Um, but anyway, so Derry's like, let's get out of here. And uh, they run him over again, one last time. <laughs> and then the next thing, they're in the police station, in the next town over. So, while they're at the, the police station, we see Sergeant Tubbs. We meet him for the first time. And this is you know, just something fun to point out, because we actually see Sergeant Tubbs again in the third film, Uh, but, you know, he's kind of, it kind of reminds me of, like, at work, because for those of you who didn't know, I actually work in a jail, and the humor that you have working in a place like that, it's just something, something that's there. It just helps you get through the job, and I think in this movie, they did a somewhat pretty good job of that, even though in real life, I feel like, our humor at work is a lot more dark than that. But anyway, you see a, a man being brought in. And uh, Sergeant Tubbs is like, Roach, what you clipping tonight? Or something like that. He goes, 74 Chevy Nova. Anyone ever tell you for a car thief you got taste for shit? <laughs> and another interesting thing to point out about this is the character that they're bringing in. The guy, uh, he actually, we see him again in the second film. He has a more prominent role. That guy's name what was his name? The name of the actor. Um, can't remember. I'll probably come to it a little bit later, but, uh, also while Derry and Trish are at the police station right after the the guys brought in everything, this is when we meet Giselle for the first time. She busts up in the police station, Trish and Derry, right? And then Sergeant Tubbs is like, Jazz, what are you doing here? And then she just <laughs> straight up no ignores him ass. and keeps walking. He goes, excuse me, and flops pops his pen down the t- <laughs> on the table. And he goes, Giselle! And then she approaches them and she goes, Trish and Darry, I'm Giselle. This is the scene where Giselle finally has the chance to essentially tell Trish and, and Darry that she is a psychic and that she has seen visions with them and the creeper. And... She expresses being unclear of why she has to have these visions. They're terrifying to her, but not in the same kind of way that I think Trish and Derry are. It's a different kind of fear, I think. But she's trying to help them. And she's also explaining to them that every 23 years, every 23rd spring for 23 days, it gets to eat, is what she tells them. And, Dar- and Trish is, like, brushing it off. She's like, this woman is a whack job. Uh, Derry, do not listen to her. But Derry is kind of, he is.
1: He's putting the pieces together in his the head. He's putting the
0: pieces together. And he's like, what do you mean it eats? And then she says certain things from certain people. Whatever it eats becomes a part of it. And at this point, like you said, Derry's connecting the pieces and understanding that the creeper is. Nobody, we don't know what the creeper is, but it's not human, and it's a thing that exists, and it eats people. Whatever body part it needs from somebody to survive, he eats from people, but Giselle also explains that it's not just the matter of going up to a random person and killing them, taking whatever body part they need. He has to scare you, and he determines who he wants to steal a body part from by smelling their fear. So... This, back to your question about why does he even have a truck, I think maybe it just could be one of those things he uses that to scare people. Mm-hmm. And
1: When you said smelling fear, immediately I can't help but compare him to Pennywise. Pennywise. Like the 23 years and then Pennywise is 27. Yeah. And then they both Are, feed on fear feed on and fear. flesh. So they're both very similar.
0: Very similar. They just look different, but yeah. they're very similar. And it was cool to learn that fact earlier about Derry's character because...
1: Yeah. When he when he starts putting the pieces together, is he putting the pieces together that the, the license plate actually means be eating you? Is that what it means?
0: Maybe. I can't remember is it'sn't that what the
1: license plate means? Be eating you. Oh,
0: that's what it really does mean. But as far as Derry trying to understand it. Do you think that's
1: he understands it, it then?
0: Um, I don't know. But I, I think he might. If not at this moment, it's it's gotta be like right after this scene. But yeah, I think it's around here that he really is starting to connect the dots.
1: How did the creeper get that license plate?
0: I don't know. That's another funny point. I have no idea.
1: Out of his 23 days, is he really going to go to someplace and get like a specific light? The, the DMV, you got to wait there a long time. He doesn't have time.
0: I know. So how did, maybe he just made it himself. He
1: must have.
0: He had to have. But anyway, then Giselle starts to... Um, Police Officer Sergeant Tubbs can see that Trish is starting to get really irritated. And so he goes over to get Giselle, and he's starting to drag her away. And he's like, Giselle, I swear I'll lock you up, Giselle. I'll lock you up. And then she's like getting like frantic because as she's being pulled away. She's trying to help them. And she starts singing that song again.
1: Creepers, creepers. creepers.
0: She's like, I hear that I heard that song playing in the dark somewhere while one of y'all was screaming the last scream that you'll ever scream. And then all of a sudden the lights go off. Ooh. Yeah. And let me just back up and say that while Giselle is talking to Derry and Trish, you can there's another scene like you can hear her still talking to them, but the camera shows the truck, the pull creepers up. truck pull up to the police station, and you're thinking how the hell is this thing still alive? Like they ran it down and killed it, but he hops out of the car and you could tell he's like
1: he's <laughs> fucked up. He <laughs> is. It's so
0: funny the Do way the he walks. Leg. Do he's the like limping side to side walking, but he's he's going as fast as he can, so. You know that he's at the police station. Giselle's trying to explain to them what she saw. And then the lights go off. So Sergeant Tubbs then is like, okay, well, I got to – we'll put you in a holding area. And Giselle's like, no, he finds you in here hiding in a room. I got to get you out of here. So as the police are trying to respond to um, the power outage, there's also a scene where we see an officer doing a account – I think it's down, maybe. I don't know. In the movie, they have it kind of designed. I think the inmates are housed down. Anyway, the uh, next scene is just, oh, God, it's terrifying. But the officer's doing his rounds. Again, this is more of, like, the police humor. He's doing, he's shining the lights on of the inmates, and he goes, hey there, lower bunk. Let me see some skin. Show me some skin. And then you see one inmate just flip him off. He's like, that is special. I love you, too. But as he's going down the line counting the inmates, He starts to see that the inmates are, like, just petrified. petrified. They're just, like, breathing really heavy and staring at him, not making a word. And then he's kind of like, what the heck? Then he goes to look, and then that's when he sees the bars of the next cell just ripped wide open. And this officer walks, approaches the creeper in the middle of eating another inmate. There's actually a goof in this scene where, uh, you can see the zipper on the costume next to the creepers. I think it's his left wing. So it's only for a second. You have to really be looking. But that is a technical goof. You can see the zipper from the costume. But anyway.
1: It's creepy to me is when he's eating him. Like, he's not just eating him. He's, like, viciously, like, he, like ripping him apart.
0: Yeah, that's another thing that's so eerie about this scene. The sound effects that the creeper makes when he's eating this inmate like it it's a crunchy kind of wet gulping the
1: way he's like very moving loud. The, the inmate around while he's like trying to rip something out oh it's yeah so he weird. was
0: yeah trying to like you know how if you eat a really tough piece of meat like yeah. you might have to jerk your head a little bit the creeper is doing that violently because you can see the inmate's body just shaking like yeah like he's having. I mean, he's confusion. dead
1: but like the, he's ripping him
0: yeah like ripping him to shreds and then again just the way that he is so loud when it's like a crunching kind of, like, I cannot stand it when people smack when they eat. I think that is so obnoxious, and I know most of the time people cannot help, like, they just don't know that they do it, but that is kind of what, when he's eating, that's yeah. kind of what it sounds like. So, yeah. it's just very creepers. Anyway, the officer, Taylor makes a good point. The officer is, like, right up on the creeper, like, right there, and he shoots at the creeper and somehow
1: misses. Misses. Like, he's, like, two feet away, dude. Come on. You can't miss. <laughs> yeah.
0: So then, obviously, the creeper is, like, jerks. It does that head jerk again. And then you can just see, like, the drool and the blood coming off him. And then he does this slow stand where his claws are showing. And it's just so creepy. Um, and this is also, I think, the first scene where we see the creeper without any kind of clothes on. Yeah. He's naked. So, he stands up. And then op- the officer screams. And then... And the next scene, you see Sergeant Tubbs again trying to get a hold of Trish and Derry. And then we hear on the police radio, up top, i got 1199, which, by the way, I don't think is a real code. But you can hear the officer say on the radio, the son of a bitch, Ramirez, he's hurt bad. Son of a bitch tried to take a bite out of him. And Sergeant Tubbs is like, do what? And then you can hear fire shots in the background. And then next thing you know, you hear the officer saying, he's heading up to you, copy. So then all the police officers on this floor all kind of band together and fun fact for you jonathan breck has a cameo during this scene he's seen i think more towards the right in the middle but he's the bald guy he's he plays as a police officer but that's really the guy underneath the creeper costume yep and so one of the officers approaches the stairwell where they were told that whatever it was attacking them is on its way to so the officer approaches it obviously doesn't hear or see anything then I don't know. I thought this was kind of silly because, again, in real life, I just don't feel like you'd do this, but the officer do- who is approaching doesn't see anything, but he just all of a sudden turns his back on the stairwell. And then when he does this, all of a sudden, out from the top, the creeper just comes down from the ceiling or wherever. And
1: just punches a hole right in his chest. He like eats perfect his circle heart out to-
0: from the back. Yeah. And there's a scene where the cop is just standing there in shock and then breathes like one time, like, and then he just drops it. Now, yep. you, your ass is dead. Yeah, he's dead. You're dead. You're done. Um, and then the creeper disappears again. But the police officers just saw something eat the heart out of one of their fellow officers.
1: So they're like, what the fuck? They're frick? like,
0: oh, shit, it's on now. Uh, meanwhile, Giselle's trying to help Trish and Derry get out of the jail. But since the jail's on a, the power went out. It has kind of a lockdown system, so they can't find an available door to get out of. So they're wandering around the jail trying to find it. And they have some more conversations about Giselle and her visions. Trish again is just expressing doubt. Derry finally kind of, you can tell is believing what she's saying. But Trish isn't. But he approaches Giselle and he's like, "Are your dreams ever wrong?" And then eventually Giselle's like, you, just, you don't understand. And he just, Derry won't let it go. He's like, are they ever wrong? Are your dreams ever wrong? I don't know if this part of the dialogue implies that maybe Trish was the one. Because right before he says that, you know, when Trish and Giselle are kind of going at it a little she bit.
1: Look at, she looks at her.
0: Yeah. Derry approaches her again. He's like, who did you see screaming down the dark? And Giselle won't answer him. But she's standing in front of Derry. And then all of a sudden she just looks to Trish. Yeah. And then it was after this moment, that's when Daryl's like, are your dreams ever wrong? So I think that scene implies that originally it was Trish that the creeper, earlier when Giselle said she had a vision of one of them screaming down in the dark somewhere, screaming the last scream that they'll ever scream, it implies that it was Trish. Then all of a sudden, the creeper shows up around the corner and freaking spider walks down the side of the freaking wall mm-hmm. which is I, I should have researched and found out how they shot this scene but it, it is creepy it's literally like spider-man coming down the they probably side. made
1: they probably made the uh the room sideways mm-hmm. and um it they just like tilted it a little bit so he's actually probably just crawling on the ground but it just looks like the wall
0: yeah, that might be it. That's how
1: they've done it with the Spider-Man movies.
0: It's probably, it was some kind of, it had to have been some kind of, like, yeah. uh, trick. Because it's I, not CGI. I, I do bright.
1: notice about this scene, if you notice, if people don't fear him, he doesn't really care about them.
0: Right, so during the scene, they see him, like, again, do the, poke his head out of nowhere, abruptly around the corner, and start spider-walking, and Giselle's like, get upstairs now to Trish and Jerry. So they take off upstairs, and Giselle stands there. She did not go with them. She stands there to face the creeper. And all of a sudden, she gets on her knees and starts praying. And even at a young age, when I first saw this, I'm like, yes, because if it was me as Giselle, that's exactly what I would do, too. I would probably just start praying. Yep. Because at this point, obviously, the creeper is a monster of some kind. But I think it's fair to say that a lot of people, like, especially, well, me included, but I thought the creeper was more of a demon at first. But we're going to talk a little bit more about the creeper in, in himself in a little bit. But... I probably said that like what an hour ago, but Mm -hmm. anyway, so Giselle drops down, she starts praying and then all of a sudden she looks up and he's gone. She stands up and then lo and behold, the creeper poofs back up again. He comes up from behind her, grabs her head, tilts her head back and starts sniffing her.
1: I love how he sniffs her quick. like,
0: yeah, he he gets all up in her, her face, sniffing it, but he doesn't like what he he smells. He doesn't do it
1: very long. He realizes he's like, nah, she doesn't hear me.
0: Yeah, I don't know, she's she's useless to me, I don't want that. So then he lets her go, he takes off to find Trish and Derry. Next scene, we see Trish and Derry upstairs in a holding room. Um, The creeper approaches the glass for the room that they're going in. This is a two-way mirror, so the creeper can see them.
1: You mean a one-way mirror?
0: Sorry, a one-way mirror, excuse me, I'm sorry. And uh, the creeper can see them, but they cannot see the creeper. And... There's this one scene where Trish kind of gets close up to the glass. She can't see out of it, but I think she suspects that there's something there. He's but
1: smelling that glass. He's
0: he's he'll, he even holds his hand up to the glass. Yep. The creeper and he's kind of doing a, a growl type of thing, like as he's just staring at Trish. Um, then all of a sudden, when Dairy kind of jerks her back and they're like bickering about something, the creeper busts through this glass. Yeah.
1: He starts smelling. Okay. And
0: then the moment is finally here. The creeper is now directly up on Trish and Dairy. Mm-hmm. He's got him.
1: And the scene, the scene, what I was talking to you about. If you notice, when to prove, like I think you're right. I think Trish is stronger than he is mm-hmm. because when he starts sniffing her, you know, like <laughs> she looks him dead in the eyes. Yeah. She shows so, no fear.
0: The creeper, uh, when he busts the room, obviously he goes straight to them. He grabs them both by the throat, I think, mm-hmm. and he's he's just taking, going back and forth between the both of them, smelling them.
1: But she looks at him. The Trish whole time. looks
0: directly at him. And, you know, they're both scared, but Trish is, like, looking him in the eye. And he actually licks her in the face to, like, just taste her. But he he's decides like, yeah. that, no, Trish isn't who he wants.
1: But when he sniffed Derry, Derry had his eyes closed and was, like, flinching yeah. and wouldn't look at him. Yeah. And realized, yep, yeah, it's Derry. Derry is the one I want.
0: He flings Trish across the room, and then he gets all up on Derry. He's picked the person out that he wants. And, yeah, you're right, Derry does not look at him. Derry is shutting his eyes, and he's just... No, that's an understandable reaction. I'll probably be that way too. But there's actually, did you notice when, like, uh, Darius closing his eyes? The creeper, when he's sniffing him, he keeps closing in on his eyes. Do you notice that? Mm-hmm. Like, his teeth at one point are, like, um right up on his you eyes. You got
1: pretty eyes, boy.
0: And then it, at, it's at this moment that the cops have got their full SWAT cabal. Uh,
1: oh, they got ARs. They are ready they to are go. They are ready
0: to go. They got the.
1: See, earlier they had pistols.
0: Yeah. Oh, now they're ready to go. Now they got go. the headgear, the body gear. Like they're going after this thing. So the uh, cops and all their gear shoot out another window and they come into the room. The creeper grabs Derry by the neck and kind of holds him like, um, like a chokehold in the by the neck. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. You had you're standing behind the person and you've got him held by the neck with your arm. Yeah. And. The creeper just stands there and you can see the lights shine on the creeper. So now we can, we saw the creeper earlier pretty good, but now we've got lights shining on the creeper too. So all the details can be lit up even more. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the first things that it's fair to say you can notice about the creeper is how blue his eyes are. His eyes are so blue that I'm actually part of a um, Jeepers Creepers fan club page on Facebook, of course. And, um, one person even made a post on the group one time talking about how the creeper was blind and all this stuff. I and mean, he was you just talking about how creepy the creeper was. But he kind of got, um, I don't know if attacked is the right word, but everyone was like, no, he's not blind. He's not blind. His eyes are just really blue. And that person was like, oh, I didn't realize that. But that's how blue the creeper's eyes are. And you can just see in more detail.
1: Are his are
0: his eyes blue?
1: Because remember, what he takes right. from people's body parts aren't they're not his and he, right he you know he uses them for what he needs you can make the argument that those aren't his eyes those are um the last person's eyes that he took because right. we learned but they're blue which we'll get to the which point, we'll get to in a minute a minute but we've those probably said that eyes. i don't
0: know how many times but the point is at this point in time the creeper's eyes are very blue you can also just see more in detail like how, how much of a monster this thing is. Uh, And then there's even a part where the officer, Sergeant Tubbs, is like, what in the holy name of God? And, you know, i just like to point out, too, that all the events that have happened in this movie are just, if this happened in real life, like, you would be like, you can't, are you making this shit up? Like, are you freaking kidding me right now? What is it going to be next? This is, like, I think the ultimate F you. Um, If you were in a police station, I don't know about you, but if I had the events that happened this movie happened to me and I finally got to a police station I would feel safe I would relax but oh thank god I'm finally safe no the creeper says screw that you're not safe from anybody or anything I if I I'm coming after you I've smelled something I liked and I am coming for you the creeper is being put on spotlight and it's at this scene too where he, i think he gets maybe agitated. i don't know if he's getting does it out of agitation or because he's just trying to scare people but the creeper next thing we know we saw the wings burst out of him earlier now we see he's got like some sort of wing
1: th- thing on his head
0: yeah like you can just see the the spikes come out of it
1: we didn't we did miss one thing he's got another n- part to his nose
0: that's in the second movie
1: oh it's not oh, it is you can see it in the first movie though you, you see can see I, it right right there.
0: I don't remember seeing it in the film. Yeah, first it's there. Movie.
1: I promise. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, I think well, what Taylor's talking about, the Creeper, it really makes sure you know it in the second film. But he has an extra part on his nose that helps him smell the fear in people.
1: Mm-hmm. But I promise it's there because we just watched it and I saw it.
0: Yeah. The creeper growls like right before he lets these wings on his beside around his was, face like, come out. Like it was like
1: a squeal. he was like squealing like.
0: After yeah, after the oh, that was that was accurate. Like as soon as the wings on his head are out, it's uh, you know, what it reminds me of like what? a peacock. You know how the peacock like you know they look normal, and then when they let their ginormous feathers mm. out, like it's supposed to be a deterrent. In See, I was I was
1: I was thinking like a boss fight in a video game, like. You've seen my other forms. This is my final, most powerful form, bitch. You are looking at me at my yeah, most like powerful. The ultimate. And he squeals like, all right, this is me. Yeah. This is who I am.
0: It was the ultimate. And the Taylor kind of did a pretty good job, better than what I could do, of his squeal. It sounds like a
1: pig squealing at first. And then it turns into like this weird guttural. like So weird.
0: I found out that the growls are a combination of Jonathan Brett doing a low and rough growl, adding an odd inhaling kind of sound, and a hyena to give the I growl know, that what? a hyena <laughs> to give it that squeak quality. So it's a combination of all three. But
1: I was thinking pig. Didn't know that was a hyena.
0: Well either way, even if you haven't seen this movie and haven't heard the the growl or shriek or cry that he does, you can probably just imagine from this description. It just sounds odd. Definitely odd. But it's very creepy, very scary. Um Trish tells the creeper to let Derry go.
1: Like, she knows, like, he she, picked her. Yeah. I she, mean, he, he picked Derry.
0: Yeah, like, it's obvious that the creeper wants Derry. And Trish being typical fearless Trish, I mean, Tish, she, wait. Trish? Trish? Sorry, Tish? guys. Y'all, <laughs> I'm so, so she doesn't, like, go directly up to the creeper, but she gets close to him. And she was like, let him go. And the creeper is just staring her down. Like, I think it reminds me of hate in his I, eyes. See, yeah, I was
1: thinking. I remember that conversation we had about, about intelligence? Intelligence. Yeah. When he's yeah, when she's sitting there and point. she's like, "Let him go." I think he's really sitting there he thinking about it. What like he's she's like,
0: saying. "I could, mm-hmm. but
1: do I want to?" He's yeah, like he's really glaring. like sitting and thinking about it, and he's like,
0: mm, "Like his eyes." Do are, I want you? His eyes are wide, but he's glaring at her yeah. with wide eyes, basically. But, but he
1: understands her, which means he again, he's intelligent. He understands like people, human speech. Yeah. So. Again, yeah. I, I, I think he's human. Or so, was. Was.
0: So, Trish is telling him to let Derry go. The creeper's just not buying it. He's staring at her with these razor-sharp teeth exposed and the wings on the side of his head. and He's just, like, piercing eyes. And then right when she thinks that he might actually listen to her and let him go, all of a sudden he just, like, swings one way and then just, Flies out of the window with Derry. Psych! Yeah, busts out of the window with Derry and, and flies off into the sky. Now, Trish calls after him, and I thought this, I don't know if this is just a goof or what, but the amount of time it took her to get from the, what, second minimum story in that jail to outside, it was like <laughs> a millisecond. Realistic.
1: And my only complaint about the movie... Like true true complaint is that one scene when she's running after him, Gary, Gary, yeah. and she looks up. Uh, those CGI effects are pretty dated.
0: They could, they're, yeah, they're pretty dated. Yeah, I mean, but, but it's still, CGI's it's come not a long bad. way.
1: It's not the worst I've seen. Obviously, you ever seen Langoliers? That's the worst. I've not but, been
0: brave enough to see it.
1: It's, it's definitely dated.
0: But, yeah, she runs outside, and then she's watching the creeper take dairy off into the sky. She's just screaming after him, running after him. And just imagine if that happened to you. Imagine
1: me getting carried off by that thing, and you're just running after me. And they're just, uh, there's a point where you just have to realize, like, I can't catch this thing.
0: Don't even say that. I'm just saying. It's,
1: it's the truth. I know.
0: Just shook. So, uh, the next morning, we see Trish is... Now, she's now the one who's catatonic. Yeah. And she's sitting at the police station waiting on her parents to come pick her up. And she just, you can tell, she's just reflecting on everything that happened. She's just lost her brother. How would you even explain that to your family and friends?
1: Our brother was taken by a a demon bat, and I don't know where he went. (laughs)
0: Like, oh, just awful. So, Giselle actually approaches her, too. She comes back, and then Giselle, I think she's just kind of trying to express her her apologies for what happened like in her own way mm-hmm. and then trish at, tries to confront her she's just trying to get her to admit like who did you see screaming in the dark and trish i mean sorry giselle still won't answer her so trish gets annoyed and she just gets up and walks out and as she's walking outside she sees a crow in the sky and i even forgot to mention this back when they came to the church so
1: there's a lot of crows there, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, sorry. To, I know we're in like in a timeline, we're on a groove, but just pause for a second. Back in the beginning of the movie, when Derry and Trish go to the old abandoned church, there are crows everywhere. It, it, it's as the crows are like a symbol. They're associated with the creeper somehow.
1: But do you think they know that the creeper has like food? Maybe that's why they're there. I don't know scraps from like the people, perhaps.
0: Perhaps. That's one thing that really never I, I never really understood or could find an answer to is why the crows are integrated with the creeper somehow.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But anyway, uh, the association is there. So fast forward to the scene at, towards the end of the movie that I'm talking about. Trish walks out of the police station. She looks up and this guy sees a crow. And she watches the crow. The camera chases the crow. And then we see the crow land all of a sudden at this old abandoned warehouse of some kind. And then... Once again, it's not just this crow that says a whole swarm of them. So this implies that the creeper's got a new layer And this is where it's at. The music drops down to real ominous and heavy, heavy strings. And then we the camera pans inside of this building. And you can hear dairy screaming in the dark, like Giselle said. The camera kind of creeps around the corners and then... You know, goes through this whole building until we find where the creeper is at. We finally get to the creeper and he's playing his song on the phonogram. Or is that what it's called? Phonograph. The, yeah, phonograph. phonograph. He's just chilling, hanging out in his little station, listening to his tunes. And, uh, side note the screams that we hear from Derry in this scene are not actually from Justin Long, they're actually from the same guy who was the uh, car thief. Really? Yeah. I think, what, from what I read, Justin Long's throat was just so tired from where he was grabbed in those scenes at the police station that he just did not have it in him. He was exhausted. So that's really that guy. And the Creeper, when we see in this part, it's not actually Jonathan Breck in costume. It's Justin Long in the Creeper costume. Isn't that funny?
1: Yeah, when the eye.
0: Yeah. So we... Uh, We get over if we watch the creeper walk over, and we can see some other bodies in the background. So that
1: was that was my question. Do you think when he set that um, place on fire, that the, the church that he moved the bodies first? I don't know to a new layer and then set it on fire because if he burned them all. Why does he already have that many bodies? Like, that doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I almost want to say no, because in this scene we only see like a, a few bodies. I saw like quite start a few. Uh,
1: you know, it's it's been the mor- morning. I, I don't think he should already have that many taxidermied by that point. Yeah, he hasn't even point. finished dairy. He didn't taxidermy dairy. Yet. Yeah,
0: not yet. He's in the process. He's in the, the process of it, is. which
1: means that these were probably already done which means he either a moved them, which I think he did. I think he went back to his lair, knew that that lair was compromised, took it all, put it in the back of his truck, and took it with him, and then set the place on fire.
0: I mean, it could have been.
1: I think that's what I think he did.
0: Well, you guys should check out this, you know, the movie itself. But in this scene, let us know what you think. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I, I that makes sense. And that is a good point. Like, if he's just working on Derry, which it implies that Derry's his latest victim. Yeah. Then where did the other bodies come from? But so the fact took, that I there was just a win. couple of them in there makes me wonder if he really was That's only,
1: we only saw a few. That doesn't That's mean true. there wasn't just a few.
0: It could be. Uh, oh, by the way, that guy's name, the, the car thief and the guy screaming who's pretending to be Derry, uh, his name's Austin McCoy.
2: Hmm.
0: Side note. Anyway, then we see Justin Long's dead body kind of hung up on on this thing. The creeper's working on him. And we see two holes where his eyes should have been. And you can clearly see that the creeper, there's bite marks in these where the eyes should be. So the creeper ate his eyes out. And another side note, when the art department or whoever it was who made this mold of Justin Long's, you know, body, they, apparently it was so realistic that in real life, they actually like, were modest and try to cover up the private area because it was so realistic looking. Wow. Anyway, you see the creeper all of a sudden stand up behind Derry's body and look through his empty eye holes and you see that he now has brown eyes and he has Derry's eyes. And me and Taylor originally had to debate when he first... Was he flirt- that how
1: he got the eyes out?
0: Yeah. I tried to tell Taylor that he ate the eyes out through the back of his head. But you, I can't remember what you... I said. thought
1: he went through the front.
0: No, he went through the back, I'm pretty sure.
1: Looking back on it, I think you were right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I just said you were right.
0: <gasps> oh, I can't believe that.
1: I don't know, Just wouldn't it make sense to go through the front? Like, that would just make sense to me, but maybe he, you know, you never know.
0: Well, maybe he just doesn't want to make sense, I don't know. There's actually, in the original screenplay of this scene, so, like, it basically ends with... Hearing Derry scream and you seeing that Dairy's dead, his dead body's there. The creeper, we see what the creeper took from Derry. But uh, in the original screenplay ending, Derry doesn't scream. Instead, the camera just pans to his dead body with his eyes sewn shut and he's on display with the other dead bodies. It's like it's nothing special about it. I mean, that's the kind of vibe I get from the original. I think he was
1: working on Derry doing that, like turning him into a, a taxidermy thing.
0: Yeah, he was in the. he was finishing up with it.
1: I think he was finished eating him first, and then he was going to be like, all right, well, time yeah. to keep this one. Time to sew it up.
0: <laughs> yep. Um, and that's how the movie ends. And then as the credits go, there's this really creepy old song, Here Comes the Boogeyman. And it's, again, just another old-timey song. I think maybe that's another reason why I get so into this movie. And like,
1: he, He's your version of the Boogeyman.
0: Yeah. Essentially, yeah some uh, another fun fact about this movie in general we've Already talked about every 23rd spring for 23 days the creeper gets to eat but there are actually more male victims in this movie than females and that's because victor salva wanted to go against the female cliche or sorry the cliche that female victim you see female victims more in horror films
1: mm-hmm.
0: he del- intentionally wrote his movie to break that cliche he only killed
1: one two females
0: yeah two. but still uh he he killed way more men, yeah, oh, yeah, and that essentially was my God at this point. you probably should have just watched the movie. It probably would have been as long, but that, I also
1: like at the end of the credits well, after the credits roll, it's like a sunset, and the creeper's truck drives by and you hear that.
0: Yeah. yeah, the creeper truck drives by, and you can hear the horn blast um but yeah, that's Jeeper's creepers that Jeepers creepers Jeepers creepers, so like we said that we would talk more about what the creeper is. There's, so, no, there's
1: no, like, concrete evidence of what he is. I think it's just mostly no. fan theories, isn't it?
0: There's different fan theories, but really we start to get more revealed when we get to the second film.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: at this point, we've spent so long on the first film, like, as I predicted, that we might have to do a separate episode. Yeah.
1: Uh, dude, we can talk about it. There's some movies that you and me can go on and on and on oh, about. yeah.
0: So, um, if you guys have hung out this far... We probably maybe just might do something special where we do two episodes next week. We have two, three, and four still to get through. But we start to learn more about the Creeper. Like, Victor Salva starts to reveal more about him in the second film. Well, let's be
1: honest. We're going to blow through three and four.
0: Yeah. We're going to blow through three and four. <laughs> One
1: and two are the only ones that are actually, like, any good.
0: Yeah. But since this... uh episode has probably been long enough by now. We'll just kind of divide up. Jeepers Creepers, the original, the first film. This will be the whole episode. And then we'll put two, three, and four together in another episode. So thanks for hanging out. By the
1: way, shout out to Logan because I know he loves Jeepers Creepers and I told him we were doing this episode. So hopefully he hears this. Mm -hmm. I miss you.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. When I went to the 2018 Carolina Fear Fest, I got to actually – see and get inside the creeper truck. The actual Jeepers Creeper's truck used in the movie. And it was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had. The guy who owns the truck is a really nice guy. His name's Troy. He has such a passion for it. He's a he's a Jeepers creepers fan like I am, like hopefully to
1: the core. Some
0: of you guys are he's just a really nice guy. He's a great person. He takes care of this truck and the cool one of the other admirable things about it he takes the truck to cons, so other people have the opportunity to see the truck. Get in the truck, and Troy actually even dresses up as the creeper too. And we're not talking about just like a cheap Amazon costume. Like this oh, it's is a nice. custom like, made it's really costume, nice. complete with the like a special set of teeth and everything. Like it's really awesome.
1: I bet I mean, those teeth have to be uncomfortable.
0: Oh, you know, you know they have to be. But that's
1: but, just like that's his passion though. But
0: he he does it though. He he wears it every almost every time at the cons. We did uh, some pictures, of course, because I, you know, when you go and see the truck, if you, like, you can get inside the truck and get pictures. You know, there's a there's a fee for it, but all the money he makes goes directly back into the truck. So I bet f- it's a lot for maintenance and restoration, right. yeah,
1: but it's a lot to make t- maintain it.
0: Oh yeah, because this is such an old truck yeah. that surely, but I mean, it's, it is actually drivable. Yeah, obviously he doesn't drive it to these different cons, but he, you know, I have seen videos where he has driven it though. So he really takes care of this truck. So if you ever decide to go see him and you pay to have your pictures done and get inside the truck yourself, it's going directly back to the truck. Yep. Troy's not a greedy person. He he really has a passion for this stuff. He's
1: such a nice guy.
0: He is. But he used our pictures and uh, from 2018, and I'm so, so blessed. It makes me feel really special that he, he's even he uses our pictures for posters and things like that for his cons and advertising and things like that. And... I was allowed to have, to officially have the title of Creeper Cover Girl, so that's. If any of you have seen my TikToks, and I make that reference, that is exactly what I'm talking about. So we hope you enjoyed Weird Side Podcast episode of Jeepers Creepers. We will have a, another episode of two, three, and four together mm-hmm. for you guys. Yep. And yeah.
1: And uh, if you ha- anybody has any ideas for episodes that you would like us to uh, cover.
0: Please, please email us. Please
1: feel free to email us or find our uh, TikToks and uh, email us some I- our text us some ideas. We'd love to hear some. We're just kind of going of uh, what we want to do right now, but eventually we'd like to you know uh, hear what other people would like to say. So please give us a shout if you have any ideas of stuff you want us to cover.
0: Yeah, you can email us at Williams Weird Side Podcast at gmail.com.